I'm going to start. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to EGOs. Today I have a really special guest. This is uh, Dr. Lorena Maz Cardelli, and she is a principal research geologist at Equinor. Hi, Lorena. Thank you so much for coming. How are you doing today? Hi, Rochelle. Thank you for the invitation. Really looking forward to have a chat with you. Good. So Lorraine and I are actually meeting in between the Christmas and New Year's holidays, so it's been really nice. I know we're all supposed to be resting and not really doing a whole <laughs> lot, but it was nice just to connect with the outside world again from our, our homes. So Lorena, to start today, um, some of these I personally know, but I'm sure some of uh, the people in our audience would love to hear more about who you are and your background. So my first series of questions are, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And can you sort of cite or say one thing, one situation, something that happened while you were growing up that really influenced you to uh, be where you are today or how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I was born and raised in Caracas, uh, Venezuela, South America. Uh, mm -hmm. But my my dad uh, was born in Italy and he was brought to Venezuela when he was uh, 12 years old. Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, that explains the uh, Italian uh, last name and the mm -hmm. thick Venezuelan accent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my mom is, is, is Venezuela from the eastern part of, of Venezuela, uh, a small town called uh, Carupano, which I'm sure uh, if there are any Venezuelans listening to this, they will uh, recognize. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they, they met and, and married in Caracas and then, you know, they start the family and um, yeah, I, I grew up in there, uh, Caracas, uh, you know, big city, more than mm -hmm. 4 million people. Um, and I was very close to my parental uh, grandparents. Uh, now that you ask about, uh, you know, influence and mm -hmm. I think I was um, when I was growing up I was very very close to my uh, grandfather his, his name was uh, Giovanni and uh, he was a very special guy you know so he had a strong very strong influence in my um, in, in my life when I when I was a child um, you know they arrived to Venezuela after the war uh, okay. after 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 the war in, in Europe and uh, he was a very hard-working uh, guy he didn't have an opportunity to go to um, to uh, school actually he only had a sixth uh, grade education um, but he uh, he actually could do uh, calculus better than, than me when I was in engineering school you know oh, wow. he was one of these guys who was really into literature and music and, and math and, and, you know, house, uh, because I spent a lot of time with them when I was growing up, it was full of books and things like that. So I remember after, after school, he, he would spend hours with me, in, you know, explaining things that usually you don't learn in, uh, in school. Mm -hmm. And I think, sure. um, yeah, I think my attraction to, to science uh, mm -hmm. essentially was derived from, 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 from that influence. Mm -hmm. and, and also he would share with me, you know, a lot of stories about the war and what he went through uh, in, in Italy and then in Venezuela as, as an immigrant. 
So that really made an impression on me. Um, and, and I guess uh, now that I'm an immigrant myself, you know, after, after mm-hmm. 20 years almost of arriving here, I, I think about him a lot because it's a common experience, I, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about my, um, about my background, yeah. Yeah, so did your grandfather, was he um, like a doctor or did he go to college or are these, was he like a Renaissance man more type where he just pursued these interests on his own as a- No, hobby? no, as, 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 as I said, I mean, he, he left and he, he couldn't pursue an education. He only had a sixth okay. grade education. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. You know, so, yep. so that's the thing that was most impressive uh, yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit atypical in the sense that he would just pick a book and, and essentially, you know, learn by, yep. by himself all these things. Yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. So, so, so he essentially worked as a handyman all his life. Um, mm-hmm. But he could he could fix everything. He would take everything mm-hmm. apart, you know, at home and, and fix it. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so that, I guess that that's what yeah what trigger sometimes my curiosity. Um, mm-hmm try to learn more about you know things that I didn't fully understand or, or ask questions and yeah. So, yeah oh that's wonderful my grandfather it just bring that's my grandfather as well he I think he went to school until middle school sixth grade and then he had to go work on the farms but I've I always find his wisdom he's passed away mm-hmm. now as well but I've always found his wisdom to be very inspiring no yeah. that's that's wonderful um thank you so much for sharing that uh, sure. Another question that I have for you that is um, somewhat related is um, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. So did you go to school, your undergraduate education? You went in Venezuela, correct? Yeah, I, I got yeah. Um, an engineering degree, actually. I'm a, I'm a yep. geological okay. engineer uh, by okay. Venezuelan standards in Central yep. University of, uh, of Venezuela. And actually... <laughs> It's a funny story there because, um, I mean, I as I said, I always like uh, topics linked with science and technology and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so I knew I wanted to go to engineering school, but I thought I wanted to be a chemical engineer. Uh, okay. So, so that's what I was uh, doing. And uh, but then, you know, one day, you know, when you have to wait a couple of hours for a class and, and you're just mm-hmm. it's not worth going home. And, you know, so, so I'm way, I'm trying to kill time. Uh, and um, and it's a hot afternoon in Caracas. And I'm just I, I, I see one of these auditoriums that is empty. Mm-hmm. And and I go in there because there is AC in the auditorium. Right. So I sit there to do some some work and stuff like that. And. And out of the sudden, this class starts, right? And I, I was like, ah, I don't want to move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sit here and I'll pretend mm-hmm. that I'm another student, you know, whatever. Um, and it happened to be a, a geology class. Um, so, so then this guy, you know, starts to talk about geology and rocks, and he starts to, you know, de- deconstruct, you know, paleo mm-hmm. environments based on on an outcrop or somewhere and. And I'm looking at these things and I was like, wow, what is this guy doing? You know, what is, what is he talking yeah. about? <laughs> and um, so that, then that, that was it, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. long story short, the, that completely changed um, my, my mind about, uh, you know, chemical engineering. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I did some digging, uh, you know, what is this geology thing? And mm-hmm. um and after spending some time, uh, you know, asking some questions and, and this and that, I decided to change my my degree plan. 
and uh, and and the rest is history, I guess. You know. Yeah. Oh, so, that's amazing. So I did that, and I graduated uh, in two thousand uh, okay. in, in Caracas, and then I. Mm-hmm immediately started to work for um, the national oil company uh, for for PDVSA back then Mm -hmm. Um, because my my mentors were there I I did my thesis in there and you know um, internships and things like that so so Mm -hmm. were you in exploration or research yeah no I was I was hired uh, in in uh, exploration and they had a graduate uh, program kind of thing oh okay yeah yeah okay so that that was uh, that was amazing because I, I I then had the opportunity to um, do a little bit of everything in a very short period of time, you know, from from yeah. seismic acquisition, you know, mm-hmm. to um, to GIS to uh, I don't know all, all kind of things, right? So I, mm-hmm. I did that for a year. Um, I I met wonderful people, you know, that were part mm-hmm. of the cohort and actually are still yep. uh, good friends. Uh, most good. of them are actually in Houston. Many actually work mm-hmm. for Equinor as well, um, cool. which is an interesting um, fun fact. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I started to work for exploration and I did some work in offshore, uh, in, in offshore Venezuela, in, in an area mm-hmm. in, in, offshore, the Orinoco area uh, called okay. Plataforma del Tana. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I spent uh, yeah, a year and a year and a half there. And then we were talking about, yeah, 2003, early 2003. And uh, that was the time, um, I, and I don't know if, if, if you remember this, but that was a time of uh, big political turmoil uh, mm-hmm. back home. And yes. um, and then I, yeah, all of us, 20,000 of us got caught into 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 that and um we we were let go you know uh wow. twenty thousand people uh you know and it was an interesting let's say it was an interesting time period i could i don't even think people here understand that like yeah. i don't think there's any way that we could even relate yeah, yeah no the, the, this included you know because i remember that we were uh, i was in a rotation or something and i was uh in Puerto La Cruz, uh, which is another town, it's, it was okay. not my hometown, and, and mm-hmm. staying in a camp kind of situation, or you know, some houses that were the property of the of the company. And, and I remember one day we had to to uh, to get out of there as soon as, as we could because there was social unrest and this and that, and there were rumors of a fire on the nearby refinery, and we were like, oh, we need to get out of here. So it was that time that was really, uh, you know, difficult and. Um, I, I was very lucky that a year before, so I met uh, Dr. Leslie Wood, who, who mm. we all uh, know. Yes, that's uh, amazing. So, so she was uh, she went there as a consultant. Oh, okay. And uh, and I met her there, and uh, you know I was attached. I was I was told get you know and learn from her and, and do this yes. and that. So I did that. So that's how we 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 started. Our, you know relationship and 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 then i ended up because of that connection uh i i ended up in the university of texas at austin okay getting my phd with with hair um Mm -hmm. so then i i i did that and i graduated in 2007 okay Mm -hmm. and then i was uh, presented uh, this dilemma you know what to do next and um, yep so should I go to Houston to get an industry job or 
uh, mm -hmm. should I stay in, in, in academia? Because I, I also got an offer um, to, to stay working at the Bureau of Economic Geology with, with, with sure. Leslie, essentially. Yep. So okay. uh, even though I started to work for, for another group called, called STAR uh, back then, um, mm -hmm. So then that was a little bit of a, a difficult decision to make uh, because I, 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 I like aspects of both uh, worlds. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I, I decided to stay at, at, um, at the Bureau. Okay. So, so yeah, that's, uh, I did that for six years. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I had a wonderful time there doing a lot of research and different Mm -hmm. Is that when you Here published most of your work? Because I know you have a heap of publications and mm. you like were uh, an editor for things. And is that when you did most of that work? I think that's when it started, uh, okay. but it hasn't really ended, uh, yeah. Rachelle. Mm -hmm. You know, I um, just to, to, to give you, you know, an, an example, um, I think earlier we were talking about one of my PhD students, uh, mm -hmm. Maria Prieto. and. Um, uh, she graduated uh, with her PhD in 2014 or something like that and we, I mean, mm -hmm. she's just finishing the submission process of one of her papers uh, sure. for interpretation, you know mm -hmm. so um, so I think a lot of the, I, you know I even though then I, I moved to, to industry, I think the topic uh, of research uh, for me um, it has stayed very close to my heart uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, as I, as I, as I, you know, I'm a little bit stubborn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I'm when I'm when I'm uh, interested in a topic, I, I I usually don't let go until I feel yeah. satisfied that I have closed that um, that circle. Uh, and I think publishing is uh, important, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, is the the writing record of, of what you have done that yes. actually makes an an impact uh, that, mm -hmm. that stays uh, through time, you know? So yes. I, I still, do, I mean, for me, some of my favorite papers were, are from the 1940s, 1950s, actually. And I yeah. had a little of uh, respect and admiration for those, uh, mm -hmm. for those uh, authors and that work. So, so yeah, that, that's why I have this, I have preserved this strong drive for, uh, for publishing, yeah. Yeah, I know one of the ways that or one of the reasons why I've always really admired you in your career is you've been able to have this like really amazing balance of, you know, you're involved in industry, but yet you've still been able to maintain yourself with your publishing career. And I just find that that's something that you don't necessarily see a lot of people that are able to kind of find that balance and able to keep going. So I think it's I think it's really amazing. I well, I, I appreciate that, but you know, you say balance. I don't know how balance that is. <laughs> when when yeah, you we... when <laughs> you know this work life balance, you know, then uh, comes into into play because it, yeah. it's a real, a real passion, you know. But but then you have, your, 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 you have your day job that is uh, mm -hmm. doing very pays the bills. things <laughs> and pays the bills and stuff like that. So so oftentimes I find myself instead of reading a book or watching Netflix, I, I find myself you know editing. Um, you know something at uh, 9 p.m yeah. at night but it doesn't feel it actually I mean I know this I'm sick but I it relaxes you know uh for <laughs> some strange very strange way I, I get it the, yeah it's not the common thing um but especially when I'm working with other people 
you know, yes. uh, when, when, when I'm working with, with students or co-workers or doing something that I think is exciting because, yeah. you know, you, you, you feel like you're making a, a, a contribution to something, um, mm-hmm. then that, that gives me a special, uh, special kick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. For me lately, it's been uh, perfecting watching Netflix and doing things at the same time. <laughs> like I can multitask now and it's, it's like, yeah, especially being in quarantine so much or just not interacting with people it's like oh well there's not really a whole lot else to do besides edit <laughs> and think of things else dreaming of other things to write or do or research or what have you so no I don't think it's sick I think it's great <laughs> <laughs> and it, de- it definitely has to be a passion that's for sure um so going back to your uh your job I want to talk a little bit more about what energy sector now are you still working in oil and gas or have you kind of evolved out of uh doing something a little bit more sustainable No I'm 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 still uh working on oil and gas you know so let's see I mean Close, yeah. I joined um, Equinor eight years ago or something like that, mm-hmm. and I started working for for the research uh, group mm-hmm. here in uh, in Austin. So it, that was several years of working, providing um, support to exploration teams, kind of developing sure. regional regional evaluation, you know, yep. workflows and things like that. That was mm-hmm. a wonderful, you know, experience that exposed mm-hmm. me to, you know, the Norwegian continental shelf you know, working with Basin Heights at the beginning and then uh, North Scotia, you know, working yeah. with, with uh, mixed siliciclastic uh, current systems and, and many other interesting things. <clears throat> a little bit of Gulf of Mexico and so on. I have also worked a little bit of field development, mm. which is completely different, uh, but fascinating, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. this is the stage where you are starting to, you know, think about uh, infrastructure and, and how to plan uh, for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So this is a really multidisciplinary kind of uh, involvement. Yep. And um, at first I was uh, completely intimidated by the prospect of going from, from, from research to, uh, to field development, but then I absolutely love it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was working uh, overboard in management and um, also, you know, working uh, on geological concepts, providing um, mm-hmm. input or fine-tuning geological models for input mm-hmm. to, to geomodels and things like that. Yep, for the engineers. So, yeah, I absolutely love it, you know, especially mm-hmm. that component of, um, of working with, with uh, other disciplines, uh, talking with drill engineers, you know. Yeah. And getting into this world of this well-designed, you know, all these terminologies like what's that and this and that, or understanding how things really work and, and, and stuff like that. So that was, that was really, really good for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, um, yeah, my new assignment is, uh, is, is uh, with Exploration Canada, actually. I'm going to be oh, working... Cool. Uh, um uh, you know in uh, offshore offshore Newfoundland um okay yep so we'll, we'll see what the what the new chapter uh what yeah. the new chapter brings but I'm absolutely excited about it yeah. no that's great and when did you start this role was it just this last year mm, that started well it, it will you know this year has been okay special uh yeah but as, <laughs> yeah I for <laughs> Formally uh, started in November, so but I think uh, starting uh, January things will start to ramp up. Uh, but okay. yeah, we, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens. We'll see how how things goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, that's really great. 
Um, so do you foresee any new trends or developments in your specific hmm. field? I mean, you said that we're all hoping for stability coming into 2021, I think. So hopefully, hmm. you know, companies are able to reach that. But do you see things um, changing in the future? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I think all of us. <laughs> Yeah, all of us in the geosciences, uh, especially the ones uh, who are linked to to energy mm -hmm. resources, are are, are wondering uh, about that. Um, just just let me emphasize, you know, what I'm going to tell you is is my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. there is no endorsement uh, uh, whatsoever by my current employer. Yeah, um, no worries. But I think. Um, well, I, I think in the in the short term, there is not too much to guess. I think we're leaving it uh, uh, mm -hmm. right now. You know, yeah, things are changing very rapidly, um, and um, we have seen this year an acceleration on this whole thing about uh, the energy transition, which is yeah, which is the which is a good thing. You know, yeah, uh, technology has brought us. Uh, to see that things like offshore wind, just to to, to mention an example, uh, uh, can generate you know a lot of a lot of energy. Yeah. We have the technology the technology to do it. The, the the challenge is how to how the massification or industrialization of of this technology uh, will allow mm -hmm. us to to get to the next uh, step. But the but the but the technology is there, so it's a matter of time. You know. Sure. Um, then things like um, you know CO two sequestration, for instance, uh, we, we see these big projects now that are really kicking uh, kicking yeah. off, and, and that's mm -hmm. also it's amazing. Uh, something yeah. it's amazing, and it's something that we should you know see as a, as a great thing, as a positive uh, yeah. thing. You know, now you know th this is not something that is going to happen um, from one day to the next. Um, yeah. I think most companies and majors have also stated that this is a, um, a road of, 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 of many years, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, not, it's not that <laughs> it's a process. It's not that straight, straightforward. Um, mm -hmm. and, and as I said, the key is the massification of, of technology, because once you, once you figure out how to do a lot of something, then cost uh, or capital expense will go down. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but, that, yeah. but that's still uh, a, a challenge. And and then the, the other part that I'm, I'm personally very curious about, you know, um, uh, some of the challenges are not too much about generation using green, green energy or green technologies. Mm -hmm. Continue to be uh, storage and, and, mm -hmm. and transmission, you know. And, and when you think about the scale of, 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 of this problem, and when you think about batteries, as a geoscientist, um, you start to think about all the resources, the raw materials that you would need to, to put these things together. Um, yeah. So cobalt, uh, mm -hmm. nickel, lithium, you know, um, and I'm very curious, wh where are all these minerals coming from? How are we mm -hmm. getting them? Uh, because yes. now we're talking about mining. Mm -hmm. um, what's the impact in places like the Congo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or, or Chile? Uh, or you know Bolivia, where we mm -hmm. uh, know the density of these minerals is, is quite high. 
And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the topic. Um, I'm just saying that as a geoscientist and going back to your original question about the new trends, uh, I, I'm personally very interested and curious to learn, to learn more about that and what's our role as geoscientists mm -hmm. to ensure that um, you know, the resources that we need to, to facilitate this transition uh, can be reachable in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And then, and then other questions about, you know, um, what do we do with all the batteries? Uh, yeah. You know, how do we recycle them? Um, mm -hmm. and, and things like. So I think this is fascinating. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I think is 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 also an opportunity for all of us to to engage in new things. And then the, the other aspect is the digitalization and 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 yes. all this stuff. Uh, regarding mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, machine learning, and 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 so on. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we're gonna see more of that. I, to be honest with you, in terms of subsurface applications, I I'm still not impressed or too impressed with some <laughs> of the tools that are are out there. Um, I see more. Um, I I see more things going our way, but still, the role of the geoscientists to make sure that the data is uh, good because yes. you know that's an epic uh, endeavor to make sure that the databases that we use are um, contain good data valuable data yep not junk not junk you know mm -hmm. so so i think there is a massive um, task uh, in in there mm -hmm. the, the one thing that i don't know Rachel, is how <laughs> especially this year, how things have evolved this year um, you know, I, I don't know how that future is, is going to look like for uh, for geoscientists uh, in the, the current mm -hmm. environment. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We, we have to wait and see. And, and the one thing that I, I think is a must for all of us is to be curious and to mm -hmm. um, not to wait, you know, uh, mm -hmm. for someone to tell us uh, what to what to get trained on or anything like that, but to, to get curious and start to dig uh, yeah. about new opportunities and new things to, to, to learn, you know? So, yeah, no, I really like that. And I guess one thing that I, I really like now is it's like, I feel the sense of, you know, it's, it's more socially acceptable to think about it where before it was just this like farcical thing. The energy transition was way out there, but now it's like, it's mm. here and we're living it. And, mm. I just, I'm glad that people are um, more open to talk about it. And it's, it's, you know, we're all just problem solving. That's what we do as scientists. So yeah, yeah, I really, yeah. I really appreciate your comments on that. Um, so I have a question. Um, would you say that right now you're in your dream job or your dream role <laughs> and, or are you still building towards your dream? Um, or have you already lived your dream and you're living far beyond sort of what you ever imagined for yourself? Where are yeah. you on that stage? <laughs> That's a really good <laughs> question, Russia. It's a tricky one too. But uh, no, you know, I honestly, um, at any given time, I, I, I like to think that the job that I have is my dream job, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, because... Uh, usually the way I have handled my career is by just, um, you know, take it, taking advantage of the opportunities that present th mm -hmm. themselves. I, I, I have to confess, I'm not really, 
I mean, I, I don't have a path, you know, that yeah. I have in a, in, in a, in a notebook um, mm-hmm. uh, with, with a very det- detailed plan of what direction I'm, 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 I'm going to take. Um, but usually I, I, I stay open to, 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 to new opportunities. And most of the times, the, the biggest decisions that I have made are mostly a, a gut feeling. <laughs> situation mm-hmm. you know it's like oh mm-hmm. that that's interesting that's engaging you know and um I'm, and i'm gonna pursue that i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a try mm-hmm. and see what happens you know um so so that's usually how i i i, I go yeah and i think that has served me well um mm-hmm. now i have to say it is an advantage uh, to work for a, a big corporation or you know, a big university, a big institution, you know, uh, sure. be- and I, I say that because when, when, when you're in those type of settings, um, you have more room to try new tasks and, and yep. new roles and new, and new things, you know, Absolutely. instead, mm-hmm. instead of being in a smaller setting where a lot of the work is repetitive and it's, yes. it's um, you know, it has some, not to say that there is no room for, for innovation or, 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 or trying new things, but you are more constrained by, by, by the setting, you, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it's a business, right? So you need to do yep. what you need to do to get stuff going. Yes. So what I would say is, you know, I, and this is a bit, uh, funny, I think, uh, but, but sometimes I, and I have talked about this before when I have been asked, um, usually I, if I feel too comfortable, I start to get concerned, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. Because it means that, you know, you have reached a stage in which you are just doing things by repetition. Um, sure. And you're not learning anything new, yeah? Yeah. So, and that's a very comfortable place to be, but mm-hmm. it's probably not too smart to stay there for too long. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, I, I always um, say that you, you have to challenge yourself and, and, and others to, to maybe to get a little bit outside your comfort zone mm-hmm. um, to, because as, I mean, the more uncomfortable you are, the larger mm-hmm. the potential for you to learn something new, you know? Yeah. Um, not that you have to do that all the time because, you know, you can also relax a little bit from time to time, which is a good <laughs> thing. Um, but that's very useful. And then what I have learned from those situations is that in 80% of the times, I, I come out of it stronger, uh, yeah. wiser, hopefully, you know, with, mm-hmm. with more skills, with more knowledge. And that's very important and useful. But uh, the other 20% of, of the times, uh, I think that's equally important and mm-hmm. probably more valuable because it you have two options when you go into that 20% of failure trying something new. Uh, the, yeah. the first option is to realize that you need to do more work to increase your skills and improve mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you find the drive and you think it's important for you. Uh, so that's 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 good. And then the second option is to say stay away from this because you really hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so 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 you know that, but that's useful. You know that's that's it extremely is. useful because then you don't you don't waste time uh, engaging mm-hmm. in things that you don't like or um, trying things that 
I don't want to work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in, in people's careers, being strategic uh, in terms of trying new things is, is, uh, is wise. Uh, and I would encourage, especially people starting their careers, you know. Yeah. To, to be really open and ad- adventurous. That's a, that's a time yeah. also to be more adventurous and try things. Definitely. Um, yeah, you never know so, what could happen by trying something new. I mean, you could find something completely unexpected that you're really good at. Yeah. 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 No, I, I yeah. agree. And I think like what you were saying earlier with, you know, you have this, some people have this like path. Like for me, I was always like, okay, I have this linear path and I was really anal and OCD about like things having to be like this certain way in my career progression. But then all of a sudden like COVID happened and you can't even be that way. Even if you wanted to, you, there's nothing (laughs) that you could do to be like that. So I think you almost have to get to a point where you're comfortable with like like failure is always a bad thing. And if you go off from being linear, that's okay too. Like there's value in all of it. And it's, yeah, to not be so no, hard no. on yourself. <laughs> and you're hitting there in something quite important, especially this year, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is important also to talk about. This is an extremely hard year for uh, for a lot of people, Rochelle, as, yeah. you, as you know. Um, you know, not, not only um, because of the situation that we're living in industry where, you know, so many people have lost their, uh, their jobs. Yeah. Um, but, but also because uh, the extraordinary situation in, in which COVID has uh, put the entire, the entire world, you know. Mm-hmm. So talking about linearity when it comes to careers, um, 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 I'm sure a, lo- a lot of people, I mean, we see it, right, with colleagues and friends uh, and, and that, are, that are having a hard time, uh, that there is a lot of concern about, you know, what's going to happen with, with my career now that mm-hmm. I uh, lost my, my job or, or, or this and that. And I, and I think, you know, thinking about the, I, I have spent a lot of time thinking about this this year. Um, in, in, in terms of the broader community, I think this is a time to, um, to really have some sort of a helicopter view, you know, uh, yeah. to, 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 to be more compassionate uh, yes. with, with, with others and ourselves, mm-hmm. um, to really uh, look around and say, okay, what's valuable, you know, in, in, in our lives. And of course, you, you need to have a job, you know, we all need to have uh, mm-hmm. a, a job. But, but family, friends, you know, people who, that we love, uh, you know, in, in, in a situation like this, I think this is what we need to, um, uh, th- that's what needs attention uh, right now, or, or health, you know, or mental yeah. health, or physical health. Uh, what, what can I do today to, to have a moment, you know, to, to, to mm-hmm. breathe and to, and to take a break and, and, and to feel some peace, you know, from all the craziness, yeah. craziness around, mm-hmm. around us. And how can I care for, for others uh, around me? Um, so I, I think that the next year is going to be also tough, uh, you yeah. know. Um, the rebuild but, begins. Yeah, and I think things are, are shifting, you know, in, in all aspects of, of life and society because of the, of the pandemic. Uh, so, so things are, are still going to be uh, challenging, but to be reassured that everything, everything, everything passes. You know, the good things end and the bad things mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, 
at at some point, you know, we will see uh, a rebound or, or, or something. And and maybe this is an you know crisis. Times of crisis are also times of opportunity. And, and innovation, huh? And innovation, and I mean, I don't want to trivialize these with you know these yeah. sentences that are very you know like uh, I don't know. Uh, bumper stickers or, or something like that but yeah <laughs> yes I but, understand. but no especially especially when yeah. when so many of us are, are you know for one reason or the other are, 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 are happening are going through difficult situations at work or personal you know um mm-hmm. it, it is uh, it's not something to trivialize but the, the 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 knowledge um or the certainty that everything has an end um mm-hmm. and 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 then again to just go i mean what i do i go for long walks you know when i feel yeah alone. that's uh, what i was gonna ask so long walks is really that's good yeah i mean that's that's my thing you know i i, mm-hmm. I go for uh, really lo- long walks uh, earlier this year i, I was in, in norway so i i was in bergen and mm-hmm. you know bergen is a beautiful place and uh, i loved your you pictures have, yeah uh, your hiking you, ha- pictures. You, have, <laughs> you have all the mountains around Mm-hmm. And it's an absolutely excellent exercise. I have to tell you, because yeah. it's very ver- vertical in some aspects. Yeah, but uh, especially in the, in the summertime, you know, you have these long days, and you know, you you can just go up on the mountain and, and get lost and, and, and just mm-hmm. breathe, you know. Um. So so that's what I do, and uh, try to you know simple things. Try to eat well. Try to to sleep. Uh, Try to have some social interactions, even if it is via Zoom as well. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. <laughs> um, you know, take a book and, and read something, have a cup of tea, and and things like that. Uh, it's the small things, you know, that um, that are important to also take care of of, of yourself. So I think we, yeah. we all need to keep that in mind these days. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I really enjoyed this time with you and really appreciate all the advice you have to give. (laughs) Absolutely, Rochelle. Thank you very much for the invitation. And I think you're doing an absolute great work with this. I have heard two of the podcasts and I think, uh, I mean, it's it's lovely. Thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure for me. It's just one other way to connect. And hopefully some things that we talk about will help some other people around us they can relate to Absolutely. it. So yeah. Yep. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Sure. Bye. <laughs>